Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Calm Box Eats. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KalmbachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Pole Crew with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. We've got a great show lined up for you today. A lot of hot topics out there, especially on uh, the Facebook page, uh, nonetheless. And so we've got some hot topics to d- discuss today. And I thought, you know, when I talked to uh, Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor and founder of First State Vet Supply, uh, I said, hey, you know, uh, instead of doing open mic and having people call in with uh, specific questions, uh, let's have them call in and voice their opinion on all these things, right, wrong, like us, hate us, whatever the case may be, and uh, get some of this out in the open and kind of have a town hall, if you will. We do that on occasion here uh, on the radio show when we're not diving into um, poultry-related health topics like we do most of the time. So I thought it would be a good idea to hear from a lot of our listeners and have them uh, just, just kind of throw everything into the mixing pot. wanted to kind of start off with, if you, uh, you, you probably uh, are following me on Facebook and you've seen uh, earlier in the week, 
the issue about the Rent a Chick program, and I had posted about that uh, initially, the very first post, and shared some of my concerns, and then uh, the majority of the uh, comments were also sharing my concerns about the program, and then there were some that uh, voiced their opinion and said, hey, yeah, but this, this may be better than going to the store and buying some and then realizing it's not for them, and, and totally get it. Absolutely, if it's done correctly. So uh, I followed up uh, with posting on the the farm's uh, Facebook page, and uh, they reached out to me. And so we talked, and I had to wear uh, three hats, basically, the hat of the um, humane treatment of the birds, making sure they were getting everything that they needed. Um, Also, the um, hat of, say, CDC with regarding uh, cautions to protect against salmonella. And then, of course, uh, the hat of the USDA spokesperson and uh, biosecurity when all these birds come back to their farm from being at 25 different locations. So so we're going to talk a little bit about that today and then what we found out about that. We're also going to talk about uh, a post I made last night, post slash rant, uh, that just over 10 years of doing this, uh, a decade of being very public with what we do, touring the country, educating, that type of thing, um, about the, the, the staggering amount of posts that I see, and that happens every spring. Uh, and, and these are, you know, word for word, quote by quote, um, I just got home with 12 baby chicks from the local feed store. Um, what do I do now? Uh, do I, what kind of box do I put them in? A cardboard box work? Do they need heat? Uh, what do I feed them? How much do I feed them? Um, are they supposed to sleep like this? And some are not sleeping, some are sleeping. What's, you know, really? <laughs> so they just walked through the store and on a whim, we'll call it, decided to just buy some of these uh, uh, baby baby chicks. And now they're home with them and they're like, uh, I have no idea what to do. So, um uh, wow, Rhode Island Ruby's in the chat room. Lots of folks joining us in the chat room today. Uh, if you're not familiar with the chat room, uh, the page you're listening on right now uh, through your computer or your phone, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see the uh, the chat room is live and open. And if you want to participate and make comments in the chat room, then you can uh, register. Register with your Facebook, your Twitter, or create a blog talk radio um, screen name, if you will, and then you can get on uh, and chat with us. East Dallas Dave is on, a uh, longtime listener, Rhode Island Ruby is on, hadn't heard uh, and seen her for, for a little bit because I know she listens from work out in California, and we got several guests chiming in here in the chat room as well, so scroll down a little bit on that computer page, you'll see the chat room, I have opened it up uh, down below, and you can come in and uh, join and chat with others and voice your opinion in the chat room as well if you would uh, like to do so. So we're talking about that topic as well. Uh, this kind of the spur of the moment, oh, I bought these chicks, now what do I do? And doing absolutely no research, not even knowing about a brooder or a heat lamp. I mean, that, that, I mean that's no research at all, um, uh, at all, before you, you know, buy these live animals that depend on you to survive. And then now you're kind of going to these, these chicken farms online, um, and, and we know the marginal information you can get from those forums. So, uh, you know, let's chime in about that. And then also I added kind of recently, most recently, uh, are the dyed baby chicks. Now, in a lot, and I would probably say out of the the majority of all the states, the majority of them um, do not allow. It is illegal to sell uh, dyed baby chicks any time of the year, but especially at Easter time. They, too, the state saw uh, the... um, the 
problem with that, if you will, that spur of the moment, whim, on a whim, oh, look, this will be cute for Easter pictures, dyed baby chicks. Um, So that, uh, I posted that, and wow, I mean, immediately 12,000 people saw that. It's still increasing 300 comments, 200 comments, something like that, uh, about their displeasure of that practice. Totally get it because we already have problems with non-colored chicks just being uh, around Easter time. Oh, let's get these for the photo shoot, or let's get these to play with for a couple of weeks, and we'll just get rid of them, or whatever the case may be. And and you know, all of this when we talk about this, we're not lumping everybody into one bucket. Uh, no, definitely not. You sh- you should know that. You're smart enough to know that because some people are like, well, I did that, and I still have my lovely babies, and and I take care, great care of them. They're really healthy. Get it totally, so you don't fall into that bucket. No problem, no reason to comment. But um, but it's uh, but yeah, we're talking about if this doesn't apply to you, that doesn't apply to you. But you know, you look at these uh, chicken forms, you see the number, and we're also going to talk about <laughs> uh, the unnecessary number of predator attacks we're seeing on these Facebook forms. Oh my gosh, I just lost uh, you know six of my chickens. I think it was a raccoon. Da, 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 da. They dug under the fence or they pushed the fence in. The chicken wire, they got in and I'm so distraught. I'm, I'm so, you know, and um, uh, and then 10 days later, oh, I fixed the repair and then guess what? I've lost all my flock to, to whatever this was because they got in again. Totally unacceptable. Um, Again, lack of research, lack of wanting to, I think, in my opinion, spending the money to do it right the first time. Um, and, and we see it over. So when I see these, I'm like, what, how do they gain access to your flock? Let's start off with trying to find a problem. The other problem I've seen over the years is when they have a predator attack and, you know, oh, half my chickens are dead because of this animal. Um, you never see them talk about how they got in, having to repair it, you know, beefing it up, doing it right. It's always focused on the animal that did the attack. Well, how can I humanely trap it? Can I shoot it? Is it legal to shoot it? Well, if I shoot it, what do I do with it? If I trap it, what do I do with it? Let's talk about this animal. How can I do I keep this trap out here all the time? Because maybe there's more raccoons out in the forest, you think? So um, that's the other issue. They focus on the animal and not their lack of research and spending money to 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 do the best they can to predator-proof the run and the coop. Um, and, yes, 100% predator-proof, probably not going to happen, especially if we're talking about a bear. If you live in a bear-infested area, then uh, good luck to you, okay? A bear can rip the door off of a pickup truck. The door can rip a car door off. Um, so, you know, just good luck, good luck to you trying to do something to prevent a bear from getting in. But these aren't attacks on, uh, on chickens by bears that we're seeing on Facebook. We're talking possums, raccoons, weasels, um, fox, maybe a coyote. And so these, these aren't bears. Um, we're talking these are attacks that we see on Facebook, the numerous ones, are by animals that should not be getting into the run or the coop. And then there were the comments when I posted about that, about, oh, well, I free range, and I don't want them cooped up in a coop all day or in a tiny little run all day. Totally get that, but totally different issue. Uh, look at the attacks that are being posted every single day on these chicken farms, and these are folks that have the little coop, have the little run, they're in the run, and they're, and they're getting in there. We're not talking about, I choose to free range 100 layers on my 58, and yes, I lose a few. Okay, you're not the ones that are on there complaining, oh, my gosh, I lost five birds to a predator attack. No, most of the folks that are free-ranging know they're going to lose some. You know, I often teach in my um, workshops, and, and, I, and I do this kind of get the, so they, the shock and awe. I'm like, look, if you want to free-range, by every meaning of the definition, free-range, 
and you want to free range 100 chickens, go ahead and get 200 because you'll one day probably have 100 due to all the predator attacks. Uh, that is extreme, but at the same time, it gets it gets the point across that they need to expect predator attacks, whether it's during the day and they're out roaming, um, and, and, and the hawks, uh, the owls at nighttime, the, all the predators. Everybody loves chicken. And predators have nothing but time on their hands to figure out how to get to your chickens. So, so I'm not talking that's not directed to the free rangers. The free rangers understand that they're going to lose a few to predation and predators. They, they get that. And the other ones getting on the Facebook forums complaining, oh, my gosh, I lost half my flock to a raccoon. What do I do? Oh, my gosh. No, they, they understand that they're going to lose some. So you all don't fall into this bucket. This is not all inclusive to you guys. So there you go. Um, and you all aren't the ones complaining. Uh, y'all, because y'all did your research, y'all for the most part expect it. Y'all understand if you're going to free range, but at least you should provide a coop for them at night to go back into. Free range during the day, great. Get back into the coop at night, lock that coop when all the um, the big time, if you want to call it the big time predators, come out uh, and want that free uh, chicken dinner. So there's a lot on our plate that we're going to be talking about uh, today. We want to hear from you. Some people are very. Um, over willing to post their comments, good, bad, and ugly, on Facebook. When it comes to actually calling in and voicing their opinions, they, oh, I can't do that, or I don't have a good radio voice, or they shy away, or I'll say, yeah, well, all this kind of bad stuff on Facebook, but when it comes right down to talking to someone's face, oh, I'm not going to do that. So we want to hear it, the good, the bad, the ugly, your opinion, and, and all these topics are open for discussion today. The dyed baby chicks, the rented chick, uh, the folks that you see that are buying these baby chickens on a whim, getting home, and then going to the Facebook forums and saying, what do I do now? Um, and uh, uh, the uh, what else we were saying? The predator attacks, the die chicks, the rented chick. Uh, everything is open for discussion. We're going to go to commercial break. Get that out of the way. Come back. I'm going to welcome Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, and uh, we'll start taking some calls. So if you have called in. Uh, and there's already several on the switchboard. If you have called in and would like to voice your opinion to all of the Chicken Whisper listeners, me, Peter, uh, Alpha Suggestions, we want to hear from you. So if you've called in and want to talk to us, press 1, uh, and then it's going to light up here uh, that you actually want to talk and uh, voice your opinion and come on air, and then I'll get you on the air. So if you are listening live and you would like to speak and talk and voice your opinion, we, which we'd love to, we're not going to beat up on you. You can beat up on us all you want. I don't like you. Um, all of that great stuff. That's perfectly fine. Uh, press the button one, and that'll let me know on the switchboard a little light comes up that you want to speak with us or voice your opinion. So we welcome all the calls. Also, if you're in the chat room, um, um, see Jennifer's in there, Walt's in there, uh, Run on Ruby's in there, East Dallas Day, Christmas Chick's in there, uh, a couple of guests that are in there. So uh, come on and um, let's voice our opinions on this. We're going to go to commercial break and we come back. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines and we want to hear from you. We really do. You may have some solutions. You may have an experience. Uh, maybe you were the one that on a whim bought chickens and now you're doing absolutely awesome with them and they're uh, all happy and wonderful and, and quote unquote healthy. Uh, you may be the exception to the rule and um, I'll share something else when we come back regarding the dyed uh, Easter chicks that we'll be talking about as well. So uh, stay with us, folks. We'll be back uh, and we want to hear from you right after this short commercial break. Stay with us. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. 
Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. a day directly into their water is all it takes for a stronger immune system. Introducing ePoultry, an all-natural, whey-based soluble that will help improve your flock's overall health. Made by farmers for farmers right here in the USA. ePoultry is a safe, all-natural way to give your birds the strong immune system they deserve. Learn more and purchase at www.eanimalproducts.com. That's www.eanimalproducts.com. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then look no further than Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from appearance-grade western red cedar right here in the USA. Urban Coop Company coops are designed to be both beautiful and functional. I invite you to visit their website to learn about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. They're passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit their website at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today. Going straight over here to the phone lines, we're going to bring on our good friend, Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State Vet Supply. Thanks, uh, Peter, for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, Andy, how are you? I am doing fabulous and uh, getting ready for a, a big Easter weekend. It is the season. It's a hot time for uh, baby chicks and everything else and uh, chicken education and time with the family. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the weekend, and hopefully the storms that we're supposed to get uh, late this evening will be non-severe. 
so uh, we're, we're keeping an eye out on that uh, throughout the day to see if we need to uh, take some cover or uh, what we need to expect tonight. So uh, uh, other, yeah, it's, it's some, someone posted something about Kansas, I think it was, and they were like, well, uh, in this part of Kansas, it's a snow blizzard and uh, all the roads are shut down. This part of Kansas today, it was 80 degrees. This part of Kansas, there's tornado warnings. And then in this part of Kansas, <laughs> it's a nice, beautiful day. So I think that goes for, for, for a lot of states. But uh, that kind of the, the crazy uh, spring we're having and this crazy weather that we're having. But, um, but yeah, hope it, hope it is that, well. no question. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. I know that you've been coming on the show for uh, probably four years now, maybe longer than that, and, and, and we do see eye-to-eye on, on most things. And uh, we initially, like I said, we're going to do a Q&A, uh, but we had kind of changed it up a little bit to uh, to talk about these topics and let people kind of uh, have an area to vent and uh, to give us their opinion, solutions of the matter and things like that. So uh, we get basically open mic, and we can talk about the Renichick program. We can talk about, again, the diet Easter chip. We can talk about um, the, the, the issues of having the chicks available in the stores for people just to, to buy and get home and be like, okay, what do I do now? Um, and, and the predator uh, attacks that we're seeing so much, and, and because so many people are doing this, obviously there will be more of these posts, but then, then the focus ends up being on the, the animal that did it and not you know, spending the money doing the research, bearing the run fence two feet deep. Um, locking them in the coop uh, with good locks uh, at night um, and having an approved coop and the fencing and the run and, and all this information. And, um, and we've talked about on the show many times about uh, fortifying the coop and, and the run. And, and, you know, again, we understand there will be some predator attacks. We understand you can't do much for a bear. They can rip a car door off. We've all seen, the, uh, you know, DNR videos on on that. And um, we know the strength of a bear, and, and you know, but you know the, the little bobcats and, and the things like most of them are raccoons or um, fisher cat, you know, things like that that should not really should not be happening. Other on the unless it's the the rare. Oh my gosh, I, I just I, I, I thought I had it done. I didn't. This is all that I did. And so when I see predator attacks on those forms, I'm like, how did the how did the raccoon access your birds? Um, and you know, let's get to the bottom of this. How, how they even access your birds? Were they locked in the coop uh, at night like they they should have been? Uh, then how how did this happen? Or you know, did they chew through the coop? Did it, was it a long process? Did you just miss that? We're only humans. Some mistakes happen. Um, or did they get under a fence? Dig under a fence because it wasn't buried two feet deep. Let's let's get let's solve this problem um, so it doesn't um, happen. Uh, again, I, I saw a post just this morning, and I'll share it, and then we'll go to the phone lines and have some people sound off on this. Um, let me get to a uh, scroll down here where it actually was, um, and I'll read it to you word for word. And it was about specifically about a predator attack. Let me go see if I can find it. It was under, uh, that's not it. I think this one was it. And if not, I'll just kind of paraphrase what I thought it was. Here, let's scroll down here. Give me one second. Now, like I said, we're going to the phone lines. I looked, and, and the thing may have been deleted. Um, I know that a lot of forums, if all of a sudden people are posting things that don't, I don't 
didn't see it right away. I don't even see where I had actually commented on it. Someone had replied. Go down here one more time. Yeah, that post might have been deleted. They may have the, the post may have been turned into a uh, okay. I don't think this should have happened uh, to begin with. But right, let's let's try to find the problem of how they accessed uh, your chicken. So enough of that. Let me get back to my page. And I figured it was probably deleted. Sometimes that happens. I'll go and try to find something, and uh, and then all of a sudden, the, uh, somebody on the forum deleted it. What they called admins because. Uh, for whatever reason. So let's go to the phone lines. We want to hear from you. Obviously, if you've called in, if you want to call in, then give you the number, 347-637-3237, 347-637-3237. And uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll bring you live, and I'll, I'll identify you by your area code. I have your telephone number here. And um, I'll say area code, blah, blah, blah. Um, we want you to come on live and uh, just you know share your opinions on some of these posts. If you have solutions, if you agree, if you disagree, we want to hear it all. And um, it's live radio, so uh, no dropping f bombs or anything like that. Uh, we'll be muted, and then uh, I've got your telephone number written down right here. So <laughs> all that kind of good stuff. So let's go to the phone lines. We've got someone who'd like to sound off and uh, talk to us about all these topics. Area code calling in from area code two. Five two area code two five two. You're live on the air. If you'll tell us your just your first name and what state you're calling uh, from. Barry from North Carolina. North Carolina. What was your first name? I missed that. Barry. Barry. We met a few right, uh, a couple of years back in Nightdale when you were doing the uh, block tour with TSC. Yeah, good deal. Awesome. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Out of all these topics we talked about this week, what's what's tickled your fancy or ruffled your feathers? Well, I kind of seen the uh, the dyed chicken. I figured since it was Easter, may start off with that. And okay, yeah, that's right. Have you seen any in your area? Uh, I have not yet, but I I remember when I was little uh, getting a couple, uh, mm-hmm. and I and it has not been I don't know. It may be fifteen twenty years since I've seen any, but I really mm-hmm. haven't looked these. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, the question I kind of got is. Are most of those chicks uh, cockles? That's what I'm thinking because, you know, a lot of these places that raise chickens for food or whatever, whatever have you, don't they, a lot of them do away with the cockles when they're chicks. I mean, I've seen videos and stuff where they That's correct. You know, they'll take baskets of them and throw in and stuff like that and, and right. you know, dispatch them. Absolutely. I don't know, number one, um, many hatcheries that are even doing that anymore. Um, I know that in many states it's illegal. It may be illegal in North Carolina where you're at, and that's why you haven't seen any. I haven't seen any in Georgia because I know it's illegal here as well. Um, there are some states apparently that where it is still legal to do so. And uh, I remember seeing and hearing from folks that got these that they were either broilers or they were meat birds or they were the cockles after they were sexed and you are correct we we all kind of know what happens uh because people want the pullets and we know what happens to to the cockles and from a lot of these hatcheries we we understand that um and and some may be uh i think i heard one recently that we're actually dying the easter egger you know people hey i want an easter egger chicken that lays the blue and green eggs and whatnot and 
uh, since that's a popular breed, they were actually dying those for Easter, but it may just have been straight run, so they would get a, they would get a combination, of course, layers and um, cockerels both versus just, hey, we're just going to do all this in the cockerels. That may be a practice way back then for them to try to get rid of the male baby chicks, the cockerels back in the day for Easter was to, hey, we'll just dye these and, and use them uh, for that. Peter, do you know any specifics regarding that or in the past? Do you remember any things like that? Well, I do know, you know, of course, you know, when you go into, well, we used to go into FCX. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids this time of year, they go in a place like it right there, and they see those uh, dyed chicks, and they get to crazy eyes. Got to have it, got to have it. And, of course, Dad bought us uh, four, because it was four of us kids, and all of them were cockles. <laughs> uh, we, after mm-hmm. they got on up, we, you know, gave them away to somebody that raised chickens, but we raised them up about six months. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I've also seen a video here lately from uh, another country where uh, they were, like, putting X amount of chicks in, a, like, a kid's pool and pouring a dye in there and mm-hmm. just mix them up like you'd mix up macaroni salad. And I'm sure that was... You know, splaying the legs, arm, and stuff like that. And I'm sure they were probably, some of them were probably, if it's still doing it, ship here to the States. But it's, it's kind of a devil's advocate. If it come down to having a dyed chick that I'm going to raise up and keep or whatever versus it getting put in one of those uh, grinders or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the chick wouldn't mind being a colorful a little bit, you know. <laughs> I think it boils down to uh, a, a marketing effort. <clears throat> At the end of the day, it's. Uh, I think it pulls at uh, people's uh, uh, heartstrings, so to speak. When you see uh, a baby chick <clears throat> does that automatically, but you add color to it, uh, it, it makes a bigger difference. And children are most vulnerable to to that kind of uh, of uh, presentation. Um, yeah, give for it instance, false value. Yeah, if you went to uh, a car dealership and all they had on the lot, or any car dealer that you went to, and all they had were black cars, um, you know, it's a limited choice. And I would venture to say that uh, in that kind of setting, the first dealership that comes out with multiple uh, different colored cars is going to do a lot more business than the one with the uh, with the black cars. Uh, and yeah, that's just human nature. Ah. I mean, Every time we turn around, you know, there's some sort of marketing gimmick. So that's really all it is. Uh, personally, myself, we didn't even get into this part of it, but I personally, myself, I think, I think it tends to be unhealthy, um, or at least can be, has the potential to be, uh, spraying something over the top of them or however they do it. Um, yeah. You know, opens up the airways to whatever it is. And, and you know, people say, well, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's an organic diet. I don't care what it is. Uh, uh, day-old chicks uh, are not fully developed on the inside. Um, their immune system is not fully functioning uh, and up to, to speed for at least five to six weeks uh, after they hatch. So while they look like a complete unit, uh, when you pick them up at the feed store, day-old, two days old, whatever it is, um, you know, they are extremely uh, vulnerable. And, uh, yeah. You know, I agree. Really like I'm not... I'm not think you know. I'm not saying by any means that you know I'm in favor of it. I just you know. Yeah. I just. Oh, I didn't get I you saying that. You were just stating yeah. a fact, and I understood that. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying for myself. Exactly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say. 
uh, exactly what the caller was saying. It's kind of like um, a lot of people I've seen regarding the commercial farms, they'll be like, why do you care about humane treatment if in six weeks they're going to kill them and, and go into the fry pan anyway? And it's like just because, you know, they're – just because, well, we'll put it in the human's perspective, just because someone gets a disease doesn't mean we can treat them badly because we know the outcome of that disease. Same thing with a chicken. They can be treated humanely. Um, like he was saying, I think your point was, you know, uh, I think the chick would rather be died and then, and then have the chance of having a nice home <laughs> versus maybe getting put through the, the grinder. And I, and I got that point, and I yeah. completely understand that, that train of thought. And it's kind of like... Uh, correct. A lot of people will say, well, who cares how they're treated if they're just going to end up on my plate anyway? And and then I kind of turn that back into the human aspect of, well, just because we have a loved one get sick doesn't mean we don't just, and we know the outcome, doesn't mean at that point we stop caring. We still give them the humans humane treatment. We can still give the animals humane. I know a lot of people that raise meat birds in their backyard on their farm, on their five acres, or on their homestead, and they still process those birds for their for their consumption and even sell them but they make sure that they understand the sacrifice the birds make. And they, they, some of them even say, a, if you're into that, a prayer before they harvest them. They say, thank you for feeding our family, da 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 da, da. We under, you know, And they raise them very humanely before they end up on the dinner table. Now, for a lot of people that listen to the show as well and fans, they'll like that, that <laughs> they, they just can't comprehend that. So I don't understand, I caught that where you were saying, that chick would probably like to be died and then maybe end up having a nice long life versus just getting there, you know, being ground up as a male baby chick. So I understand yeah. exactly where, where you're coming from. I have for years, I've talked to Peter about it, Dr. McCray, uh, years and years and years have contemplated and, and even did a little bit of, of research on what could we do with these male chicks that nobody wants. I've looked at, you know, homeless, I've looked at, feeding the hungry, feeding the homeless, third world countries, all this stuff, and it all comes down, bottom line, to price. Uh, they're already yeah. producing chickens for us to eat at, 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 at the most affordable way we've ever probably done it in the history of man, um, but you're still going to have to have the setup. You're still going to have the chicken house. You're still going to have to feed them. You're still going to have to water them, have somebody. So then there's the cost factor, and it wouldn't be really done any different than the way they're doing it now. So there'd still be the cost involved. But yeah, I totally contemplated, what, how can we solve this problem um, uh, of this? And uh, so I completely get where you're going with regarding that that scenario of, well, the chicken would probably be, rather be died and have a chance than just than be ground up. I totally get that. And I think what Peter's saying, too, is I think that even it, it, with them being died in the store scenario, uh, more probably being bought for the Easter basket surprise, photo opportunity, the, the toy that the kids can play with, and then from a CDC point of view, they're cringing. Yeah, they're cringing because now we got kids playing with these baby chicks because they're colored and really meant meant for that. Okay. So, uh, call it, call it. Uh, you can you can. Uh, we'll let you wrap it up. With any other comments? Uh, I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, uh, like I say, I think everything's covered. Like I say, uh, I I've done do sort of like what you were talking about when the, the guy was talking about that. You know, even now when I I do hunt and stuff like that, I've gotten to where if I do harvest a deer or whatever, I will. Go down there, you know. Thank you, good Lord above, for the sacrifice this deer gave for our table. And I think all hunters should do that. And everybody that, that even deals with uh, chickens of any kind, if you're raising them to harvest to feed other people, you know, 
you got to disassociate yourself with it a little bit, even though you didn't mm-hmm. care for them. But it still doesn't mean you can't, you know, give give Lord a thanks for their lives to feed yourself or other people. But uh, like I say, uh, I recommend we get out of here. Happy Easter to everyone, and thank you. Keep on thank raising you. chicken. Good. Thank you very much, caller from uh, North Carolina. And like I said, he 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 experienced that. And, and I think a lot of people uh, uh, at a certain age and above re- remember that. Oh yeah, I remember the the dyed colored chicks. And and there's probably a reason why the majority of states no longer allow that legally. Um, and uh, regardless of what came about, I think someone earlier had mentioned something that maybe the the quote unquote PETA folks got involved with that, and they they decided to. To, to stop it for that, or they truly saw that, you know, they're, they're buy, this is causing folks to buy chickens really for the wrong purpose or, or the wrong idea uh, versus, just, you know, not having them uh, uh, colored or dyed or, or what have you regarding that. So, but, but nonetheless, I think the majority of the states uh, do, do not allow it anymore. Um, if you call them, we've got lots of people online, and, and, and I'm, I, may, I may go to you here in a minute just to ask if you want to speak or not because the, the, the switchboard may or may not be working. But if you'd like to speak and, and, and come on and give us your opinion, it's 347-637-3237. We don't bite. <laughs> 347-637-3237. And when you call in, uh, you'll probably hear a young lady, uh, automated lady, say, please press 1 to speak with the host. So if you'd like to speak with the host, please but please press 1, and that will uh, put a little uh, dot next to your phone number, and then I'll make sure that we get you live here on the air. I still may go down the list just in case that's not working. I've had that in the past where they press 1 and nothing happens, just to make sure nobody uh, feels left out. So um, let's get to uh, the um, predator issue, Peter, and you can, I can kind of talk amongst ourselves with this and bring in some folks in the chat room uh, about just the number and the numerous postings about predator attacks, um, and, and like I said earlier, what, what I see a lot is that it's just happening a lot, way too much. I contribute it to not enough research and really not, not spending the money needed and doing the work, the labor uh, of doing what they need to do to have a more secure run and coop, burying that fence two feet deep. That's a lot of back labor, uh, hard labor doing that, or renting a ditch witch to do that appropriately, using the right fence, um, you know, protecting from, from aerial predators, keeping the chickens in a secure coop that needs to be as predator-proof as possible every night, going out there, locking them in there. Uh, so a raccoon and, and a fox and a possum can't access the, the coop, um, but we just see so much of that. And I've also seen that where they all, all, when they have an attack, they blame they focus on the animal. You know, oh, my gosh, um, you know, what, what do I do with uh, this animal? Can I trap it? Is it legal to shoot it? If I shoot it, what do I do with it? You know, what if I trap it, what do I do with it? And, then, and I'm always, oh, well, how, let, let's fix the problem of how they got your birds to begin with because there's going to be another raccoon, there's going to be another possum, there's going to be another uh, weasel, there's going to be another. Um, so let's, let's fix this so you don't, no matter how many are out there, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And if it does happen again, then it's it's a fluke or it's just a, a once in a not going to happen all uh, the time. So what say you on that topic, Peter? Well, I, I agree with you. And, and I, uh, from from what I have been able to glean from, uh, you know, the uh, social forums and stuff, Facebook and what have you, different uh, uh, organizations that uh, I get involved with a little bit. It's it is a lack of understanding of the uh, predators that may be in your area. 
and also the lack of understanding of just how how vicious uh, and how tenacious uh, they can be. Uh, and you underestimate the, their strengths uh, and um, what you might think is not a big opening uh, is a big opening to them. And, um, you know, when when uh, when we built this coop here, um, we have quite a large area for the birds to, to be in. And one of the things, for a number of reasons, um, um, I don't want outside uh, interaction with my birds. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean uh, neighbors walking by. I don't want them coming up and sticking things through fencing and, and what have you. So I chose stockade fencing. And um, while that's more costly by far, um, not only to to uh, to buy but to also install, um, the benefits to, to my uh, way of thinking is that a predator comes by, he may be able to smell him, but he can't see him. For instance, a dog, okay? And um, that in itself, that he can't see him as a deterrent, because then he's not sure. He's got a smell, but he's not sure it's on the other side. He's not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it keeps him from getting into that frenzy, that frothy thing of pacing back and forth and trying to get through the wire and, and a bird that's uh, not paying attention gets snagged or whatever. So one of the first things, uh, uh, you know, is to to have it, if at all possible, so that no predator can see in. Uh, our fencing is all uh, six foot high. Um, so, you know, it's 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 high to start with. The threshold where you come through the gate, uh, which is also uh, equally as high as the fence itself, uh, the threshold part is uh, two and a half feet of solid concrete in between the posts all the way down. So uh, making it more uh, difficult. What I decided to do around the perimeter uh, on the inside was I used grazing frames, which are uh, attached to the inside of the of the post uh, by stainless steel hinges. And um, anything wanting to get in has got to dig down deep under the fencing and then has to come back up at least three foot into the coop before it's even going to get in. Nighttime predation, we really don't have a problem with that because they're all sequestered at night, locked up in a secure facility. And um, uh, not that I'm sure that the four cats that live with the chickens would uh, defend a whole lot. Um, they are a deterrent in and of itself. doesn't mean it can't happen, but uh, we've, we've taken uh, quite a few measures to, to do that. And, you know, not to say anything, but just the grazing frames all the way around the entire inside of the of the. Uh, enclosure uh, was quite costly in and of itself. And I'm not saying everybody should mm-hmm. do that, but it, it, for us it serves a dual purpose, uh, planning, planning fodder for them to eat and, uh, and uh, play around with where they can't get down into a dust bath and tear it up. Uh, they can go elsewhere in the pen and do the dust bathing. So, but I find it most of the time when I see uh, pictures of what people are, are somewhat proud of uh, as a chicken coop, um, it's not adequate, uh, not a, not by a long stretch, um, and uh, people just don't understand, don't take the time, uh, education. Uh, people want to argue points all the time uh, uh, about little minuscule things uh, uh, instead of looking at the big picture, and that, that's what I find all the time, and I think what's more sickening for me is not so much that a person may have an encounter with an unexpected predator, 
and uh, get a rude awakening is that they go right back and allow it to happen again. That really gets under my skin, you know. And uh, yeah, somebody, we see a lot of that, just, you know. Uh, somebody just posted on Facebook. They said what what irks them is that when people have a predator attack, maybe they have uh, just two birds and, and one gets taken, and they're like, uh, my bird's so sad it lost his mate. Uh, do you know where I can get another one? And then they're mm-hmm. kind of like, uh no, <laughs> I don't want my bird yep. to give you to, to to end up with that that issue if you haven't you know fixed the uh, fixed the problem. Someone yesterday also made a very I thought valid point, uh, and and this probably we're all, all probably guilty a little bit guilty of this uh, one way or the other. But um, their post was something in the regards of we want not necessarily instant gratification, but we're too lazy to do the research, and it's just so quick to just post on Facebook. Hey, what do I do with this? Boom. Instead of having to go look, read a magazine, read a book, uh, listen to a podcast for, for you know, 45 minutes to an hour, I can just I can get it on this form, I can post it. Hey, what, what are you feeding? When do, when do I switch them over to layer? Something that quick. And then, of course, if even something that seems simple like that, you'll get 15 different answers. Um, then it leads down the road to, to something else. So I think that that's a very valid point that people just want that instant uh, answer for that real quick question, and they're not willing to spare you, you know use the time, spare the time to research a little bit more in depth. Well, you see the same thing on a on a forum um, mm-hmm. where uh, somebody will come in and and uh, without going to the files section of the forum and looking to see if there is already a document in the file that covers in great detail. Uh, in most cases, uh, mm-hmm. you know the question that they're asking. So. Uh, and we're all guilty of it uh, to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a lot of different forums that I'm, that I'm involved in, um, somebody posts a question, you feel obligated to answer it. Um, when the answer should be, look in the files and, and read. And uh, But everybody's afraid to offend everybody. And uh, right. But uh, that's really what they should be told. And, and it is a degree of laziness. It's, you know, I'll just go on Facebook and somebody will tell me. And, um, you know, I see a lot of different things. And I, I have quit just answering a whole lot of stuff because of the firestorm of idiocy that it produces. Uh, I don't have the time or the patience for it. So, mm-hmm. I, I, One example, not related to chickens, I joined, uh, there's a big movement now about these uh, new modern electric pressure cookers, seven-in-ones, and there's one called the Instant Pot. And um, uh, joined, they have a Facebook group with, you know, 30,000 members that are all about, they call them potheads because the name of the brand that they love is, <laughs> is, is, is it is, it's Instant Pot. And so they'll come on and say, okay, potheads, i got a question for you. And I've seen numerous ones, they, 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 okay, what's this for? And I'm like, it's on page two of your manual. <laughs> you know, it's on page two, page two of your manual. Yep. If you'll just uh, uh, go and read that, you'll 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 find out. So, um, but that that's a perfect example as well. Let's switch gears here, and uh, I'm not sure. Let me just go see if uh, area code three oh one. They had called in, and I, I just I'd hate to re- miss anybody that wants to talk, and they think, well, they didn't get to me. Um, there's a couple of numbers I do recognize in the switchboard. They're I think longtime listeners, so they may just be tuning in. But um, I'm just going to click on the button just to see, and I'll just ask you if I don't hear anything. That's fine. But I don't want anybody to be left out if they do want to voice their opinion or whatever the case may be. So you can either say, no, I'm just tuning in to listen, thanks, or you can say nothing at all. Or if you want to, uh, you know, coming live may encourage you to, to, to sound off on any of these topics we're doing. So I'll just go down the list here very, very quick. With First starting with area code 301, uh, did you have anything to add to the conversation today? 
Okay, no problem there. Let's go to area code 810810. Uh, did you have anything to add to the conversation today? Okay, and we'll go one more here. There's some there's still lighting up on the switchboard. We got 50 open lines. So, uh, and an 860 860. Is there anything you'd like to add to the conversation today? Okay, very good. And they may be listening in another room. Uh, area code six one five called in, um, and I'm, if area code six one five, if you'd like to speak or sound off on one of the topics, just press one uh, on your dial, and then that'll alert me that you'd like to uh, chime in and and talk with um, uh, and give some topics here. And uh, they do. So, we'll, and we're, okay, and we're talking. Just if you want to call in three four seven six three seven thirty two thirty seven, and um, Get this number down here. There we go. And uh, so we're talking about the diet chicks, or the uh, uh, buying chicks on a whim, or the rent a chick program, or um, uh, the the really the unnecessary post of predator attacks from really not doing the research and spending the money to uh, do it correctly. And, and all these are wide open for uh, discussion today. We want to hear from you. The good, the bad, the ugly. If you don't like the show, that's fine. Tell us, and we'll tell you how you can not listen anymore. So, uh, but it's all educational. We want, <laughs> just, it's, it, you know, you get that sometimes on Facebook. Well, I am not. I'm leaving this page, and I'm like, nope. You can click on the like button above, and then click the unlike page button below that, and and I do. But I'm polite. I'm like, thank you for stopping by. Uh, thank yep. you for voicing your opinion. Here's how you can unlike this page. Um, but in the last five days, we've gained eight. Hundred likes, so we feel we're doing something right. It's not for it's not for everybody. I get it. I'm not in the business of seeing how many likes we can have on Facebook. Um, if I have two people that want to know fact-based, science-based, study-based information, I will I will accommodate those two people. So it's about education, uh, not entertainment. Let's go over to area code six one five. I think that's Nashville, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Area code six one five. You're live on the air. If you'll just tell us your first name and uh, where you're calling from, please. Beverly, Springfield, Tennessee. I thought 605 was a Tennessee Beverly. I, I, I truly did. So um, what what's uh, ruffled your feathers today about these topics we're talking about? I uh, tuned in late. The dyed chicks is pretty yes, barbaric. Yeah, all my hens have names. I've had them since yep. they were babies, except maybe one, and they're just they're my pets. And I mean, I don't kiss them or anything. I try to do the biosecurity to the best of my ability, but awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, they're just they're they're they they have been one of my lifelines through through some really rough times, and I just think they can be barbaric. They can be very therapeutic. We hear from a lot of listeners. We the people are using them, um, and, and I, I'm really we're actually getting prepared to do a show and to do some research on what we really don't approve of, and that's therapy chickens in hospitals and nursing homes. But but we hear from families that my chickens have been good therapy for my child who has uh, ADHD, ADD, Tourette syndrome, um, Asperger, mm-hmm. Asperger's, things like that. My wife's been a teacher for 10 years, so I know those kind of those terms. But So we see that aspect of, of chickens being good therapy and therapeutic. Now, did you, uh, Beverly, did you get your chickens from a local store? Did you get a mail order? Did you get them from a hatchery or from friends? 
I got them from a local store a couple of years ago, and that mm-hmm. that store has since shut down. It was Gar's mm-hmm. Rental and Feed, which had been in business for okay. many years in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And I don't mm-hmm. know what happened to them, but I got some really unique breeds that Tractor Supply doesn't have. And I got them mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the avian flu. Um, right, right. Fiasco. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Which, again, I don't think, uh, just since you mentioned that, it's something we need to dwell or worry about, but definitely be educated on, prepared for, implement better biosecurity, because uh, we're not out of the woods yet. In fact, we're not even close to really the uh, April and May when we really had the big outbreak last year uh, with the uh, egg layer. So we're not out of the woods yet, per se, regarding comparing the dates of last year's outbreak. So. So, uh, so all of them are named, and you're really enjoying them, and you, you just can't fathom seeing the dyed Easter chicks for that spur-of-the-moment no. purchase because they're cute and cuddly in the photo op. Yeah, I think I think by far the majority of folks will uh, uh, agree and, and tie into that. So um, thank you very much for calling in and, and giving us your concerns about that, and I hope you enjoy your flock for many more years to come. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. We've got a, we do have a caller, area code 301. Uh, we'll bring them on the air here. Um, hang on just a second. If my switchboard will work. There we go. It says that you're alive now, area code 301. If you'll give us your name and just tell us where you're calling from. Um, maybe this is area. me, Taya from yes, Maryland. Taya, that is you. Absolutely great. Can hear you loud and clear from Maryland. Perfect. You're you're up there, uh, not too far from uh, Peter Brown, who's uh, uh, our uh, guest host today as well, and uh, he's in Salisbury, I believe. Are you far from there? Salisbury? Oh, I think it's a little ways. We're in Upper Marlboro, um, okay. probably 20 miles from DC. Okay, not perfect. too far. What? A couple hours. Yeah. What? What's got perfect, Peter? What's got your uh, feathers ruffled today? Um, well, nothing really. First, I just wanted to say thank you because this is the first sort of, um, you know, live program I've I've even come across on Facebook that has to do with chickens. Mm-hmm. We just bought our house in Maryland. It has five acres, and I'm hoping to have a chicken wow. coop, have a flock in the future. Mm-hmm. So I came across the Chicken Whisperer. I guess that's you. That's um, me, yes, ma'am. Yeah, thank you for, for the information you posted. Um, I'm one of the people that is all about, you know, research, research, you know, understand what mm-hmm. you're getting yourself into. Um, and I'm just thrilled with all the information that's provided. And I would just like to agree I, that I don't see any purpose for having chicks and dyeing them except to appeal to small children and, mm-hmm. um, you know, appeal to that marketplace that is kind of an impulse buy. And it, with all the research I've done, it seems sad to me that, um, that, that people jump into something like that with no knowledge, you know, I think just for the moment purchase. Yeah, I think what it does is it encourages the, the thinking that the chicks end up being toys, which they're not. Exactly, and, uh, yeah. You know, and then the, the kids, to, you know, not every child, or every child is different, but, depending on, on, on the type of parents they have, uh, the kids end up treating them like they are a toy, and that then uh, it doesn't take long. We all know that most kids uh, don't last very long playing with toys that they get after Christmas. Uh, the, the big deal is opening it up, and within a couple of hours they're pushed aside, and you're playing with the old toys they got from two years ago. 
So in in many cases, not all, obviously, uh, it's the same thing. A scenario uh, can and does happen with uh, with baby chicks, and uh, you know the the handling of them and and the, and the respect for them. The problem with chickens, they don't like Rodney Dangerfield used to say, they don't get any respect, and kind of. Kind of the same way in a lot of areas, not all, but a lot of areas. But but I'd also like to say that I did, in looking at your website, um, did learn some things. You know, I mean, if you grow up on a farm, I saw one post where a poster said that uh, their grandma had given them small chicks as presents when mm-hmm. they were younger, but they lived right by a farm, and the, and the whole thing was, you know, when when the children got bored with those chicks or what have you, then they went to the farm where they were going to go anyways mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and be raised by responsible people. So, you know, I guess everybody has their own view. I don't have any chickens yet, but, um, yeah, I just worry about predators out here because we just right. bought the place a week ago, and I don't really know. You know, what sort of predators I'm in for, we're right by the Patuxent River. Um, there's lots of woods, lots of park area. So, I, well, you know, I just worry about, oh, once I the, do get them, I just want to make sure I keep them safe. Be prepared for the worst. And if the worst never happens, at least you were prepared for it. It's when you don't prepare for the worst, it always happens, it seems. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's what I try to do here. I'm not trying to tell anybody, you know, we couldn't have a predator attack. We certainly could. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we have spent oodles of time figuring it out and trying to make it so that it doesn't happen. And uh, if it if it does, uh, I'll certainly have to go back and, and rethink some things. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, we've tried to, uh, you know, we've tried to limit everything. For instance, the big door that we have on the chicken coop, um, it's rarely ever open because we use a pop hole door. Pop hole doors looks exactly like um, these freezer when you're in these uh, big warehouses and they've got oh, yeah. freezers where they go from, it's got the plastic strips. Well, they're heavy-duty plastic strips, and um, so it helps to keep out, um, you know, birds and, and that kind of thing. Uh, it's not going to keep out any any reasonable predator, to, but it's it's down low. It's out of sight for the most part, and it's not just a big, giant, gaping hole for something to either, you know, fly through or, or jump through real easy. So, uh you know, there's only so many things you can do. I, I understand that, but a lot of people that I've seen, uh, pictures I've seen on Facebook over the years and continue to see, uh, there wasn't five seconds worth of thought put in uh, about biosecurity or just mm-hmm. plain predator security by a, a majority of the people that I see. Mm-hmm. And, Could I um, ask and, one uh, other question? And I'm sure. sure you've probably addressed this, and maybe I even saw the link Maybe it was mm-hmm. on your web page, but what what is your opinion um, on the automatic doors for a chicken coop in terms of you know the sun rises and it opens, right? You know, Peter, and they Peter, you go ahead with that. Being around and monitoring that, like personally, what's your view on the mm-hmm. automatic doors? Well, you see, for for us here, that wouldn't work. We've got a uh, a bird that. Uh, always wants to be the last one in and it's always it's yeah you see and and um uh, he would get locked he would get locked out in that situation as maybe even even yeah as maybe even the duck that we have because the duck is scared to death of the chickens and the chickens boss him around and so he keeps his distance from them so as they start to go in he lags back but there was always one small rooster that likes to go in uh last and um uh, you know, even on several, yeah, even on several. So for us, it wouldn't work. 
Um, I'm sure uh, that there are loads of people that use them and are very happy with them, but you'd have to, you know, um, understand that somebody could get locked out. And, uh, you know, to me it's a a thing of convenience. Um, You know, um, I always have somebody either come by and, 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 you know, close it up for me, uh, which is another inconvenience. But that's all part of the deal when you when you take on the responsibility of taking care of the birds. They're they're our charges. They don't have a voice other than you, me, and and whatever. So, right. um, you know, we have to be that responsible person that's going to uh, look out for them. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna um, stop there. I got to go to commercial break, but I'll, I'll mention in that too. Um, yeah, there a lot of people are using the automatic coop doors. There's a couple of different styles and technologies. One opens and closes by the uh, amount of sunlight. The uh, and some of them do based on whatever time you program at a particular time. Some do both, and you can choose which way you want to do that. Some actually have a uh, um, an extra feature where five minutes after it closes or it's programmed to close, it will open up one more time to let any stragglers actually come in. So there's some thought that, and, uh, that have gone into a lot of these different doors. There may be a, a half a dozen popular or more popular models that you can kind of choose from. I know they're probably 200 and $250 and up. But the people that I've most talked to, that they say, yes, we use them and we like them, they also follow it up with, but we still always go outside or look out the window to make sure it's closed. And as Peter said, all the chickens are in. So it doesn't, it really doesn't eliminate. I mean, after a while, if, if they look out for, you know, the net last, okay, the last six months we've never had an issue, but they always kind of followed up. We like it. We use it. It seems to work great, but we still always go out to make sure that it's worked. Or we still look out the window to make sure it's closed <laughs> before, maybe, before maybe we go to bed. So uh, absolutely. Um, thank you very much, uh, caller, for calling in. We do appreciate it. And I'll let you know that, um, we do try to broadcast as regularly as possible every Tuesday, every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, and we've done over well over a thousand episodes. We've been doing this for I think seven or eight years now, and so it's always great to have a new listener. And if you can't listen live, maybe you're at the grocery store. All the shows are archived, so you can go back and listen to them at whenever you want to, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've got to go to a real quick commercial break. I know Peter, I've got for about 15 more minutes, so I go to commercial break. When we come back, we'll take some more calls, but we'll switch gears a little bit and talk about the Rent-A-Chick program, and I'll just kind of lead into that before the commercial break. Uh, I had initially posted about that. I said I had some really uh, some reservations about the program, and I just didn't really have any good vibes about it. Made contact with the farm owner, but she was a wonderful person. She wanted to do the right thing. She was open to all these suggestions, whether it be uh, the, the biosecurity, the protecting the kids from salmonella and that type of thing, to making sure the chicks had what they needed to survive. So she was very open with that and wanting kind of like a sponge, wanted to learn to do the right thing. Uh, so, so the folks initially who were saying, I think this is a great idea or give her the benefit of the doubt, things like that. I understand where you're coming from. After the fact, once we made contact, we learned that uh, with this program that I believe was $28, or $27.95, $28, they got a cardboard box. She said it was about the size of a shoe box, a cardboard box, two baby chicks, and a bag of feed to last two weeks. And that is it. That's all they were getting. So there was no, there was no, um, there was no heat source. There was no bedding. There was no waterer or feeder. 
And so when we asked them about that, we said, well, well in, the, in, the, in the information sheet that they get, um, they're supposed to go and buy a heat lamp at, at one of the big box stores to use, or they're supposed to buy a heating pad at CVS Pharmacy and set the box on top of that. That was the heat source. And, and then we talked about how are they supposed to secure this heat lamp to this cardboard box and, and not burn their house down. So that, that opened up a can of worms. We talked about the newspaper bedding they were recommending and the possible risk of spread a leg and, and the wetness of the water and the poop and all of that. And we talked about coccidiosis by not having a, a bedding like the pine wood shavings or to absorb all the moisture. Uh, we talked about the risks of having an open water container where the chicks can walk in the water, poop in the water, um, and then get their fluff wet. You already either don't have a heat source because they ignored that part of the first piece of paper or they don't have an adequate heat source. So now you've got chickens walking through this dish of water because of appropriate water wasn't provided. And now they're getting cold, and then that may lead to death as well. They just can't get dried out because there's no heat source or not an approved heat source. They, they fall in their water. They sleep in their water. They drown in their water because all it is is a little butter container or a little saucer. So, uh, you know, so those folks who were kind of wanting to give them the benefit of the doubt, I'm glad I talked with her because there were a lot of cans of worms that opened. And I think she saw that. She said, wow, these are some things we just didn't think about, you know, or even thought that would be an issue since it's just a two-week period. The heat source, the bedding, approved water, approved feeder. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. And, of course, open the phone lines to any of these topics uh, right after this short break. So stay with us, folks. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Strombergs family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com.
How would you like a punch in the beak? Alrighty, thanks for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Also, the listener calling in uh, from area code 301. Um, wanted to let you know also another free learning tool uh, would be the free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. If you go to www.chickenwhisperermagazine.com, uh, there will be a button at the top of that page where you can subscribe free through the digital edition, and you'll get it four times a year, and we've got experts writing for the magazine like Peter Brown, the Chicken Doctor, poultry scientist Dr. Bridget McRae, poultry vet uh, Dr. Petiski, uh, the folks at Auburn University in the poultry department, um, the folks at Farid where they, they deal with all the uh, drugs and animal drugs and withdrawal periods and things like that, um, and uh, that write for the magazine. So you know you're getting fact-based science-based, study-based information, uh, not just some blogger that's kept chickens for a couple of years writing for the magazine, and you'll never see chickens wearing clothes in my magazine, I promise you that. So um, uh, caller number uh, 859, I'm not sure if you wanted to uh, voice, I just don't want to miss anybody. Uh, if you'd like to speak with the host, come on air and, and share what's ruffling your feathers today. Uh, you can press 1 to speak with the host. I still may come over here in case that option's not working and just see. If you if you don't have anything to say, you can stay silent or just say, nope, just, just tuning in via the telephone. Okay, they pressed 1, so they, have, they want to sound off too. And so if you do want to speak and come on the air, it's 347-637-3237. That's 347-637-3237. When you call in, uh, last time I checked, you'll hear an automated woman say, uh, press 1 to speak with the host now. And uh, if not, then you don't have to press it. If you do, uh, press it. And uh, if you don't hear that, uh, maybe you're in the chat room. You can let me know in the chat room and give me the area code you're calling from, and I'll get you to the live. So we'll go. I'm going to bring Peter back on live here. I know he just has a couple more minutes to hang out with us. And then um, and we kind of switch gears. You can talk about anything you want, uh, but we switch gears over to this uh, Rent a Chick program. Uh, and and really the uh, the issues uh, with that uh, that we're trying to correct. So we'll go here to area code eight five nine. If you'll state your name and tell us where you're calling from, please. Hi, my name is Don Francisco, and I'm calling from Richmond, Kentucky. Great, Kentucky. And thanks for calling in. I just uh, wanted to voice my opinion about the the babies giving babies at at Easter. Um, yeah, go ahead. Four years ago. Four years ago, I rescued one of those fed babies that was given to a child for Easter. Um, mm-hmm. I had never been around chickens. I'm from the beach in San Diego, and my <laughs> husband came home and said, here's this baby chicken, save it. He found it at a friend's house stuffed in a cardboard box. They had given it as a present, and the children were not interested, and it was living in the dark in a box. Okay. Uh-huh. And he brought it to me, and I didn't know what to do. I've never mm-hmm. had a chicken. I mean, I've been around seagulls and, and, and pigeons, but I'm, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know. I didn't know anything about it, and <laughs> there is a lot. There's a lot involved with taking care of chickens. Uh, I just want people to know that. Um, you know, I spent a lot of money taking care of Doodlebug. I raised her up in my flea market. She became my pet. Uh, chickens are very sensitive and emotional. I know that sounds funny, but uh, she had her good days and her bad days, and I would hold her in my arms and I would love her. She was just like my dog, you know. And I just think people should think twice about 
giving these little tiny creatures to children because, I mean, he was, this chicken was thrown away, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, yeah. I loved her. And, I got a call from my local. Uh, I got a call from my local Petco. This was at least four or five years ago, and someone had actually dropped off. I forget if it was two or three baby chicks. It was Easter time, and they dropped. They just left the chickens on the feed bags in uh, in their store. And thinking, I'm just oh. thinking, oh, well, if I drop them off, somebody will find them and they'll get them to the right people or they'll take care of them or whatever the case may be. So they, they called me and said, hey, we had somebody just drop off three baby chicks in our store. They were found back on the feed bags. Um, Could you come uh, get these? And I'm like, absolutely, I'll be right over. So it was, uh, <laughs> I've experienced that, uh, that as well. It's like people don't care. It's like they think they're an inanimate object. I mean, I bonded with this chicken. I know it sounds crazy, but she just, I mean, I had her trained. I have a flea market, mm-hmm. and I would open up the door and bring her out to go across in the yard, and, I, you know, I would do it by hand signals. And, I mean, she was amazing. But I finally yeah. located a place that was a farm, and she got to live uh-huh. the rest of her life out the way chickens are supposed to. <laughs> But I just want, and, and the dying of the birds, that's crazy. People, what are you thinking? You know, um, <laughs> that's all they're I want not, to say. I love chickens. <laughs> yeah, they're not thinking, as Peter said. Yeah, well, you get a big applause from our audience for doing that. <laughs> Uh, for for taking that chicken and learning about it, kind of getting put on the spot and and, and raising it and and really enjoying it. It sounds like it was a special event in your life that you'll never forget. It was. I will never forget Doodlebug, never. (laughs) That is absolutely awesome. Thank you for calling in. And, Peter, I think we we would agree, too, and then I'll let you go um, because it's about that time, is that because they're 2 and $3, you know, that – that could probably contributes to this. If, if they were charging twelve dollars a chick, even or fifteen dollars a chick, I mean, we're not talking about the puppies that are twelve hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, where it's like wow. Uh, but but for the most part, anybody and every, you know, I don't know. As I said, I don't know a lot of people that could go and just drop two thousand dollars on a dog at the dog store, you know, tomorrow at the mall. But um, you know, two bucks a chicken. There's a lot that opens the purchase to a lot more people, right or wrong. But I think that the, just that that instant, oh, it's just two bucks. So you know, if I buy six, I'm only out twelve bucks if they all die. Or and then they may try to justify that, Peter, by saying, yeah, this will be a good way to teach the circle of life to my kids. If they die, they'll learn that yes, animals do die. So I think all that all that factors into the issue. Well, I, th- I think it does. Uh, that doesn't necessarily make it right. Um, mm-hmm. right, I, right. I would never, yeah, I, w- I would never, um, uh, you know, give just willy-nilly uh, uh, chicks to uh, a child mm-hmm. uh, because it's because it's Easter, a duck, a turtle, or or, or a rabbit. Uh, there, a lot of these things uh, can be long-term commitments, and people say, well, chickens don't live that long. Well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I beg, I beg to differ with you here. I've got a geriatric flock, as you well know, and um, mm-hmm. uh, albeit now it's a, still a small flock at, at this point in time, but uh, we've got birds here uh, that are pushing 14, 15 years old. And um, mm-hmm. like I say to most people, you know, I don't do anything for them. Not a blessed thing. People say to me, "Well, you know, you're the chicken doctor. You keep them alive because you do it." Nope, don't do anything. Uh, a lot of TLC, really, uh, from the standpoint of all the all the food they can eat and waste, and uh, plenty of fresh drinking water, plenty of room to get away from each other and go, 
outside and, and be outside every day, their choice. The door is always open during the day, um, you know, so they can go outside and decide. Uh, they, you know, I've seen lots of times they'll, they'll come marching out in the morning, they'll take a survey of what's around, what the weather's like, and two, three, four of them will go right back inside, go right back up on the roost for a while, let it warm up. So it's their mm-hmm. choice to do, and I think it, it de-stresses the flock. Uh, and one of these days we'll get back again to talking about stress because it's a huge thing with chickens. People don't understand it, but it is a huge thing. And uh, so, you know, all of those things, and I want to throw my two cents in the ring about the the, uh, the rent-a-chicken thing. It's the most absurd, stupid thing I've ever heard. Um, mm-hmm. People, I guess, haven't learned anything from all of the uh, issues that we've had in the last year or two with avian influenza. Uh, and just because it hasn't come back big time this year doesn't mean a thing. Uh, it, it's it's forever and always there now. We, we're considering it in this country it to be an everyday problem, uh, mm-hmm. especially during during the winter months. Not so much in the uh, in the summer. But um, can you imagine just taking a chick after knowing what you know and what I know about how people do take care of chicks? And this doesn't uh, uh, in any way. Uh, casts a shadow on those who do a tremendous job of taking care of their birds and, and, and do the right things. But uh, sending them off somewhere where, where just like you said, uh, you know, a cardboard box, a, uh, a uh, old butter container for a, feed, a feeder, and uh, maybe a, a, a saucer for, for water or both. And um, then deciding after a month or so uh, that uh, they stink, uh, they're a pain in the neck to take care of, uh, won't stay in the box, uh, whatever the case, and ship it back to the uh, to the to the person who's going to take them back. You don't know what they've been exposed to, and then whatever stock they have there, they're going to re-expose them to them. What was the game plan for taking birds back? Did they ever explain that? What are they going to do with them once they get them back? Um, I didn't get that far. We, we talked about biosecurity and, uh, you know, what are you going to do when these 50 birds come back, uh, keeping them quarantined for 30 days, looking for sniffly, sneezy, snotty nose, you know, mites, lice, all this stuff. And, in fact, you know, Dr. McRae being the scientist she is, when I was sharing the information with her, she was like, oh, 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 we, we could do a study. <laughs> That's how she. That's her thinking process, and she's like, we we could actually swab the mouth, uh, the the beaks uh, 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 of all these chicks that come back and see what they come back with. Well, this would be a great study, um, you know. And so I'm like, yeah, but you really have to, you know. And she agreed, you have to swab them before they head out to the homes, and then when they come back, they get a really good scientific response of what are they coming back with, if anything. Uh, and uh, while well, obviously we're keeping them quarantined, so I didn't get an aspect of they're going to keep them there on the farm and raise them for meat birds or whatever, or layers, uh, or, or what they were going to actually do with them, or adopt, have the option of them to adopt out if they wanted to keep them. Um, I didn't go that route. The first hat I was wearing when I talked to the young lady was the biosecurity. What are you doing with these 50 birds when they come back, quarantine, that type of thing. And then we talked about the, uh, the, the, with the kids and the salmonella and just how to handle them and washing your hands and sanitizer. And then finally it was the humane treatment of the, the, the chicks. What are you, what's in the kit? If I come and pay 30 bucks and get this kit, what am I getting? And that opened the biggest can of worms. And I think she saw that. She was like, oh, well, you know, wow, this is a lot of, and they actually decided to do this just two weeks ago. So there wasn't a lot of thought process in what we need to provide. It was like, oh, my gosh, we have two weeks before this big event. Uh, we need to get this done. And they, that's what they came up with in two weeks. So we know kind of lack of planning, lack of deep thought about what even, we really need to provide. With, 
even with the planning, it's a bad idea, and I'll, I'll explain mm-hmm. my position on mm-hmm. it. So I send birds off to you. They get sick at your place because you either didn't take care of them or you, uh, you, your neighbors got waterfowl and you let them get exposed mm-hmm. to the waterfowl. Unbeknownst to anybody, the waterfowl will carry an avian influenza. They start getting sick. You say, you know, I don't want these birds. So you ship them back to, to the, uh, to the uh, place where you got them from. She puts them in quarantine. Too late. Too late. Her whole place is contaminated. As soon as those birds test positive or die, and she has a, a diagnosis, especially coming from North South Carolina, especially North Carolina, okay, um, it's just too late. It's something that's going to spread very easily, very rapidly uh, from bird to bird. Uh, just a really bad idea. Bad. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much biosecurity they've got. I don't care what they put in the kit. A bad idea. Bad. It's, you know, it's easy enough for a bird to go one way, okay, to get sick on the premise that it's on, whether it's avian influenza or some other disease, okay, uh, and the bird gets be, uh, put down and, and the place gets disinfected, quarantined one, so you've at least got it in one spot. You start shipping mm-hmm. these all over from Timbuktu with a whole bunch of sick birds of, of varying different diseases. I just see it as being a disaster. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, I would if, never if you correct. I, I told a lot of folks if you got two pieces of paper and put all the pros, if you want to consider them pros, on one sheet and all the cons on the other sheet, we, we'd easily fill up the sheet of cons where there might be two or three pros. Again, if you wanted to call them that, all those could probably be justified. I mean, not justified, but but argued against um, that, that it would by far outweigh the negatives. And so, you know, while it was not my place whatsoever um, to recommend she not do this, I did recommend, look, I would truly recommend no children under five, no elderly, no people with weakened immune systems. And I got them the sheet for them to print out uh, from CDC that, that talks about that. We talked about doing shavings. You know, buy a couple of big bales of shavings for five bucks a piece, put them in a one-gallon bag, give them some shavings at least, not just newspaper. And, you know, that, that type of issue, and you know, because I, I got the logistics, she wasn't not going to do this. Now, the CDC could step in, the, the state ag department may could step in and stop that, but that, that was not my place, so I didn't go that route. I wanted to get more sure. what, more flies with honey, I guess. So, so I was like, uh, here, if, if you're dead set on doing this, let, let me try to help you uh, fix some things or at least reduce some risk, both for the kids, both for the chicks, both for you. and and, and uh, everything else. i got a caller I'd like to bring on air real quick, too. Peter, I'm going to leave you on. If you have to go, you can go. I'll see you drop from the list. But if you want to stay, i only got 10 more minutes, and I'm out of air time. So 10 minutes, and this show's over, regardless of how long we want to stay and talk about it. But let me go to area code 912. They've been on hold for about seven minutes. Area code 912. Um, please state your name and where you're calling from, please. Hey, Andy. It's Fiona. How you doing? Hey, Fiona, good to kind of be calling, long-time listener and, and Facebook friend. Thanks for calling in. Wanted to get to you as well. Didn't know it was you, but trying to give everybody a, a, their, their a five minutes of ruffled feathers. And, and I know initially when I had posted this, uh, all respect for you, you're a good friend of mine. You've been listening to the show for years, and uh, you were kind of kind of defending that, say, yeah, it's better than them going out and buying chicks and then, you know, ducklings for Easter and, and at the pond, at least they got a place to bring them back to. Totally get it. Um, now that we've talked to them and, and you've heard what they really were doing uh, under the surface, um, has your opinion changed? We'd love to hear that. Or do you still think there's merit there, but but it could be done a lot better? Let's say you, Fiona. I think it, uh, uh, now I've had birds for over 40 years, 
on and off, yeah. you know. And um, I think what they're doing could have a lot of merit if it's done correctly. Sending birds out in a cardboard box with a list of instructions is not the correct way to do it. Um, I honestly believe if they, if they set up a cage, you know, with the, the, the feeders, the waterers, with the light source hanging inside the cage so that the people go in and they pick up the cage, take it back home and look after the birds like that for a couple of weeks and then bring the cage back with the birds. That way they can be isolated, quarantined and everything after, after their return. Um, but I think that would be the way to do it. That way... All the equipment is there, the food is there, the the floor shavings mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if people could do that for a couple of weeks, I think it could be an astounding program because kids could learn the responsibility of looking after the cute and fluffies for a couple of weeks. The parents would be able to gauge how interested their kids are. If the kids lose interest after they're not, you know, after they start feathering out, then it's like, okay, kids have been talking about wanting to have chickens. Well, apparently not. They just want chicks. So we'll send them back. Um, if the kids are sitting there going, no, I love my birds, can we keep them? You know, then that's a further option. Okay, the kids mm-hmm. really, you know, they've maintained their interest. Um, perhaps if they had so you're the option. That, that could, so you're saying, I got one more call I want to. I got one more call I want to get to who just chimed in. But so basically, Fiona, you're saying um, that if done correctly. I mean, there, there's still, you, you admit there still may be some cons to it, but if done correctly, one cage, the heat lamp, the water, the feeder, the shavings, two or three baby chicks, all true mini sheets of instructions, having the option to adopt when it's all said and done, if they get attached and they name them and things like that, um, that there may be for some people some merit. Now, I ask you the million-dollar question. Do you, if, it, if it's done at the utmost uh, best way possible, do you think the pros would would ever outweigh the cons that we've been talking about? Or at least for, for some people it would work out and some people it would not, but that's not any different than them buying them at the, uh, the farm store. Some it's going to work out and some it's going to not. Maybe no difference in the two. Right. I, I, I think there's definitely pros because the option, the alternative you're talking about is people walking into tractor supply and buying a handful mm-hmm. of chicks, taking them home, decide they don't want them, they don't have any options after that but to let them die or to find a home for them or, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of like fostering for two weeks. Give it a, mm-hmm. give, you know, foster a dog or, or whatever, you know. You've got the option of making sure it's going back to the correct place. Mm-hmm. Got it. Hang on just um, a second. I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on. I'm going to try to get to as many callers as I can and I've got one more. Um, and then calling in from area code 727. Um, let me, okay, there you are. You are live now on the air, area code from 727. If you'll state your name and tell us what state you're calling from. Hi, Andy. It's Caitlin Barron from Phoenix City, Alabama. Oh, hey. How are you doing? Hey. One, uh, Caitlin won a chicken coop from, yes, yeah, she won a chicken coop from us a couple of years ago. And we have now, we're great Facebook friends. And, and she is uh, a heck of a mom because she has a lovely, lovely, awesome daughter that is. Hello. Hello. Hi. We may have lost her. No, I'm here. I got a lot of background noise. Hang on, I'll put you back on mute. Um, actually, that might have been from uh, Peter. So hang on. Okay, let me get you back, Caitlin. Here you go. There you go. All righty. Um, 
and, and she's got a, a, the most sweet little daughter that is actually battling can a second reoccurrence of, of cancer. And uh, so what, me and Jen keep y'all in our prayers all the day, uh, every day. We, we follow you. I've got about four minutes, and so what, what would Thanks, you like Andy. to share with all of us? Like, before yes. you make me cry, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just calling in. I actually – I, I always hear about the colored chicks, and today I actually had a friend that's local that posted pictures of colored chicks for her daughter, and I'm, I, I just don't even know how to comment on it because I don't mm-hmm. want to offend my friends, but I'm kind right. of offended as a person that has chickens with pets, and it's like, where is that divided line? You know, when mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. say something, and when don't you? I guess that was yeah, my question. I, I, no, exactly. Um I think what I would do if I saw that close friend, you know, what I, I would I would try to follow up and see, you know, it's hard to, you, I get it, you know, he's like, are you planning, is, did you just get these for Easter photographs, or are you planning on really getting into the hobby of keeping chickens and wanting fresh eggs right. and fertilizer and insect control and things like that, and maybe that's if I wanted to start off by just, because, hey, I've done it before, maybe I can help you, you know, go down that road of, hey, I saw you had some chickens, I saw you bought some baby chi- or some baby chicks, and, I, you know, we've had them for a long time, and, I, you know, uh, are you looking at just, just for, for Easter? for a photo op or just as you know for the kids to play with are you really looking to get into this this lifestyle of keeping them the the eggs and the meat you know all this stuff and then on their based on their response then you can maybe choose which road to go down like uh i, I really hate to hear that because you know these are live animals or you know but but maybe right. if they are if they are just saying oh yeah we really want to get into this hobby we want some fresh eggs and and uh whatnot then then i guess it would calm your your fears, your nerves a little bit, saying, okay, they, they just happened to get these at the store that were colored. but And I've heard that before. Uh, well, we got them when they were colored at the store, and they're eight years old now, and we love them, and, and, but we got them for the long haul. We got them for the lifestyle, not the Easter basket surprise. So they may, like you said, you don't know, be going down this uh, route of uh, urban homesteading, if you will. Or they may right. just be getting them for that Easter basket surprise. I guess that's the route I would go. Say, hey, I got some experience. If you need some help, or are you looking at just for for fun for Easter? Or are you really looking at doing this long time? I so. guess I'll cross my fingers and hope they're doing it for the long haul. Don't <laughs> don't see the purpose, I guess, in coloring the checks. I completely understand. I'm going to have to go ahead and put you on hold and bless you and your daughter. Trust me, you're in our prayers more often than not. Um, i got 90 seconds left. Oops, uh, the lady in my ear saying 60 seconds left. Thank you very much, everybody who called in. Thank you very much for new listeners. Thank you very much to our old listeners that chimed in today. Thank you for being in the chat room. Um, we broadcast live every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we really focus on educating uh, about keeping backyard uh, poultry happy and healthy. So we hope you can tune in. ChickenWhisperMagazine.com, more educational material, and you can find everything you'd ever wanted to know at ChickenWhisperer.com, www.ChickenWhisperer.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, God bless everybody.